Welcome to The Edge and Beyond, a podcast by Intel, where we're making sense of use cases across industries such as retail, banking, hospitality, and education. You're going to hear tech considerations, best practices, how-tos, and recommendations. It's all here on To The Edge and Beyond. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Edge and Beyond, the series that makes sense of use cases across industries, brought to you by the Intel Internet of Things Group. In this episode, we're going to be exploring trending use cases, innovation enabled by Intel's IoT Group, and more specifically, we're going to be chatting the optimization of the QSR drive-through experience with AI and analytics. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Pleasure getting to lead the conversation today. And for our main thought leaders, we are joined by Ravi Sariganidi. He's global restaurant lead for Intel's Internet of Things group. And Luke Irving, founder and CEO of Fingermark. Ravi, Luke, great to have you both on. How are y'all doing? Doing very well. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Great, great to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure getting to chat with both of you. Looking forward to sourcing your insights on this. You know, this is something that's both really niche uh, in that we can hone it into just the drive-through experience for QSRs, but I think there's a lot that can be learned here for other industries. Since COVID hit, uh, many new uh, styles of brick and mortar have had to adopt some kind of curbside delivery or drive-through experience to facilitate, uh, you know, this new normal. So trying to unpack how AI and analytics can lead to a more productive version of that drive-through is useful both for the QSR industry and beyond. So looking forward to chatting with both of y'all. Let's go ahead and jump right in. I want to start by getting a better understanding of the current state of drive-throughs across various industries. So like I said, since COVID hit and the ROI of a drive-through operation has become even more potent, more realized, what have been some of the main business as well as technology pain points for running a drive-through in today's day and age, and why? So I think you've got to go back to to why uh, you know drive-throughs existed. They're kind of an evolution from from the car hop. Um, it was basically a linear way of serving food. So it's a basic queuing methods applied. Um, so uh, feeding into more process and operations in the, in the in the production line. So basically, it was a, a more convenient. And in terms of, um, you know, as, as it evolved, a faster way of, of, of serving food. So, you know, that, that's, um, you know, th- I, talk, I talk about, you know, you talk about fast food or quick, quick service. You know, it's all, you know, the, the, you've got to remember that the, the basis of, of success in this industry is all around convenience and, you know, customer experience, a high level of customer experience. So drive through sort of a, um, I suppose were, were invented to to um, uh, to play into that, and and you know as it's evolved through the through the years, it's it's become you now what we call it in finger markets the most complex piece of road in the world. Um, you know so much is going on in there, and so many uh, variables um, to to success, and the, the the metric around this is really velocity, um, velocity and and and, uh, and speed and motion. Um, so, you know, the, you look at challenges, um, obviously, overcapacity is, is, um, is, is going to be a challenge. Um, so especially when you've got single lane type drive throughs. The interesting thing here is, you know, with, with obviously with COVID, um, you, know, you, the, you know, even pre-COVID, you're seeing 50% of, of stores, uh, you know, 50% of stores revenue 
uh, was going through the drive-through. And then that was slowly over the last sort of five years increasing to sort of 75%. So, you know, then COVID hits and suddenly, you know, it's the only area that they can serve food other than delivery. Suddenly all on-premise food uh, was, was, you know, it was up to 90, 90%, 95%. And remembering this is a big bottleneck in a, in a restaurant. So, so you know, this is uh, right now as, as we look at technology, this is the absolute perfect time. So two years out, we were focusing a lot of our technology to be uh, widely adopted. Now we're seeing um, right now, it's, it's, it's now there's this frantic sort of speed to, to try to optimize the, this, this area of the restaurant. Um, so yeah, it's it's a pretty exciting time, um, and uh, and and uh, I would say it's um, it's just the start of a whole lot of innovation in this area. And look to build on that, you know, it it, it it's it's here to stay, right? I mean, consumer behavior that has changed during the COVID timeframe. Uh, we don't expect to see that changing. Uh, you know, even after this pandemic and, you know, the consumer behavior is going to be a very strong preference for some shape of the drive through or the curbside. So it's really definitely here to stay. And like you said, you know, if the business is, you know, 70%, 80%, I think in COVID, we have seen it to be anywhere up to all the way up to 90%. And it's a big testament as to how important it is for the restaurant's operations. And it's very exciting to actually see some of the big brands uh, unleash their future drive-through concepts out there. And I think the you know you, you look at uh, the, the future rather you know of, of, of what are these you know you talk about these new concepts. You know these are not concepts. Like these these this is this is a whole lot of you know, these are years of ideas that they that these brands are now able to implement. You, you look at car parks, you know, everything we, we look at as a business at Fingermark is the whole uh, the whole lot, uh, the whole restaurant lot is an opportunity to generate revenue. Um, and how can you unlock this? And I think what COVID's done, it's allowed, allowed the, our, our customers, the brands to actually um, free license to, to trial and innovate. And so that's what we're all about at Finger Markets, about innovation. And, and of, of course, Intel has been uh, um, a backbone of what we've been doing. So, All right. Thanks for those insights, y'all. Next main thing I want to chat about is really what the most important business benefits of the drive through have been since COVID hit. So like I mentioned, uh, obviously, the QSR landscape is familiar with the drive through Um but beyond that, many other restaurants that normally didn't have a drive-through uh, had to think on their feet as COVID hit. Uh, you know, how could they meet customers where they were at? Were they going to do curbside? Were they going to do delivery? Were they going to do some kind of drive-through? So, if they chose the drive-through, they had to do so in a thoughtful way and uh, you know, in the most proactive way possible. A lot of that has to come with tangible business benefits. So could you break down exactly what the most important business benefits have been of the drive through What have they enabled and why? And we can chat both in food and beverage as well as outside of food and beverage. Yeah, I think Luke touched on a couple of these uh, in his earlier, um, uh, earlier response. But, you know, I think the key benefits ties back to from a consumer standpoint, it is all about convenience, um, the whole safety in the experience, especially during the COVID times, you know, not coming in contact with a lot of other uh, consumers, 
or employees or things like that, you know, there's definitely top of the mind of a concern. So from a consumer standpoint, it's all about convenience, uh, safety, and from an operator standpoint, I think the key business pain points um, that they're trying to address and the key drivers for them is, you know, the whole aspect of uh, velocity and throughput uh, aspects of it, right? You know, the the more number of cars that they can serve and move through in a very quick fashion while keeping their kitchen operations in sync, right? Um, sometimes you can be overlooking that aspect where you um, pay attention to moving cars along fast, but your kitchen operations are not tied to it. So I think that seamless integration of the operations and the drive-through focusing on the throughput, I think those are very key elements as to why drive-through. And, you know, I think in during the COVID times, the whole, the whole uh, curbside concept came about mainly to keep in mind that, you know, there are not many consumers coming into the store. So curbside gives a clear way of, uh, you know, providing or providing that service, providing that food uh, in, in still a way that consumers feel safe about it. Uh, those are a couple of key things that come top of our mind. Luke, you want to add anything? You know, operationally um, uh, and, and, you know, commercially, the drive-through should be a lower cost to serve your customer. You know, less people um, and and technically more demand, but actually more control. So it's a linear. So your operations can can um, can organize themselves um, in a way which is kind of more in line with the production line. Everything's about operations, and the kitchen is the the heart of of the the restaurant. Now, if if they're not getting the right information. Um, and we drive into data and analytics now, like if they're not seeing the right, the right information early enough, they can't prepare food fast enough. Therefore, the drive through, drive through will slow down. Um, but I think, you know, touching on the curbside, I think the curbside has got massive opportunity. It really does. Um, you know, turning car parks into ordering bays uh, and, you know, being able to route traffic based on knowledge and, and data of that drive through, of the velocity of that drive through the capacity in that drive-through, you don't want cars to keep building up in there. You actually want them to get the same experience, but ordering through a QR code in a car park. So, you know, now's the time to actually start thinking a bit broader about what does a drive-through mean? It's all, it's all about operations and how can data provide more insight into um, operating better. So we've mentioned AI and analytics technology a bit. Um, I know that for a lot of applications, it has become the secret sauce of what has elevated the drive-through uh, to being more than just another operation and something that can be really insightful for better reaching your customers, as well as creating some actionable data points and uh, decisions off of those data points. So can y'all explain with a little more detail how AI and analytics technology is enabling restaurants to deal with an increase in capacity as well as uh, a different kind of capacity, right? Dealing with uh, customers coming through different funnels that they may not be used to. So finger mark, our our mandate is, is all around velocity and we are all about speed. So our business thrives on on the ability to push more customers through um, we do this with with kiosks and, and and then obviously we do this in the drive-through uh, with our product iq now so so let's start with let's go back to those two key considerations around 
quick service. It's it's around fast, convenient um, service with a high level of customer engagement and experience. Now, if you don't have speed, you don't have any of that. So so our our mandate is to help businesses drive um, speed through. Uh, through the drive-through, in particular, by providing a higher level, greater, broader uh, data set to them in real time, it has to be in real time. Um, and I think you know we've we've looked at at uh, we looked at the, the the industry four years ago, and and even then, you know, you had some brands driving 65, 70 percent of of traffic with maybe two to three data points. You know, uh, order, um, you know, order payment and and pickup. So three three points of interest through uh, an area or a customer journey that starts way, way before and actually ends um, way past those three points. So we, we look to d- develop a product which could actually capture all of the customer journey from the time they drove onto the um, parking lot to the, to the time they left. Now, what that does is actually enables the restaurant, we talk about operations being the key to this, operations have so much more time to then prepare for incoming capacity. So we talk about capacity and what that does to velocity. So so our product's basically driving insights and helping them make this better decisions through through actionable insights in the restaurant. Um, And we're taking all this this, uh, data through machine vision, through through standard CCTV cameras. But what that does, when you you actually understand the, the capacity early enough, you then can route traffic um, and and alleviate bottlenecks, so you can you can send traffic to different parts of the restaurant to actually order their food, even go inside the restaurant. So that's a huge one. Um, we can also see, you know, um, we can see traffic that's that's what we call balking, so traffic that actually drives off. So so we can see lost revenue, um, you know, based on overcapacity or also uh, slower you know slower movement through the drive through. I think you're looking at when you start looking at other technologies, you know, dynamic menu boards, I think they're great, used in the right capacity. So upsell, cross-sell, like, you know, this is, this is you know, a lot of the digital signage companies are coming in around this, personalization. Now, this is all great stuff, and I, and I love it. But you've got to make sure that it doesn't erode your velocity of your drive-through. Otherwise, you're not giving the customer service you're not giving the you're not getting the driving the revenue that you need through that that linear space. So, you know, even vo- um, conversational AI, I think that's an awesome opportunity, and I think that's the one. If we can crack it, then then this is going to be the real game changer because that drives two things: it drives order accuracy, which is a massive opportunity to to, to resolve um, and a and a huge problem globally. But it also helps if we can get that process moving speed of service is, is is key and critical to it but i think we're also thinking of a lot of this technology too linear we're not moving away from the tradition what was there before we're trying to we're moving it at an incremental pace so i think it needs to be completely re-envisaged you've still got a, a phone with the best um, microphone on it why aren't we using that um, all of these things that 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 you know needs to be thought about so I think there's some bravery from the technology companies that, that, that need to step up and actually really throw uh, the kitchen sink at this and try and change, turn the dial, not move it slightly. Um, but I think we're, we're, I think people thinking in the right space. But I'll go back to my first comment. 
speed data is everything before you overlay AI onto the top of it. And Luke, it's it's not like, uh, you know, when people think about AI, it's one of those complex um, terminology wise and also technology wise, uh, you know, it might seem daunting, um, but I think, you know, if when brands, operators, solution providers, when they can look at this as incremental building blocks, right? You don't need to boil the ocean. You can take small examples like you talked about cross-sell. Let's take that one example and see as to how the analytics that I have uh, from all the different sensing capabilities that I already have, you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, cameras and so forth, you know, take that one chunk, deal with it, and then build on top of that, and then maybe add the next layer, digital loyalty as an example, and see as to how you can ensure that you can, um, you know, predict your next customer's order in an intelligent fashion without the staff having to, you know, use a lot of complex means and, and rather save their cycles for better guest experience and so forth. So I think if they can look at it as not a holistic, you know, I need to implement it all and rush it all. You know, when I look at AI, it is that, you know, layer by layer building into it and then adding additional steps onto it is kind of what I've seen uh, as a a big success metric. Um, Have you in your client conversations seen that way? Do you want to reflect on that a little bit? Yeah, so the more... Absolutely, you got to you got to you got to tackle things one step at a time. But you've got to kind of have have a roadmap, as you call it, the building blocks. You're, you're dead right, Ravi. It's 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 starting starting with the ground, the foundations. A lot of that is is actually harnessing data that's in the restaurant already, and that's really hard to do when you've got so many different systems and you've got so many different legacy systems, which are not easy to extract data from. Um, and you've got some some politics playing in there as well. Um, but really, if you can, you know, harnessing the data to be able to utilize it for the greater goods, whether it was real-time insights or respect, um, you know, uh, retrospective insights, I think that's, that's a really good starting point. Um, and I think talking about, you know, AI in my eyes is just is data hungry for it to really operate well. And I know that that uh, Intel, uh, you know, they've got a great roadmap around integrating some of these these different data sets to make it a lot easier to build, you know, applications on top. And I think it's from Intel, it's it's a really it's a really brave move, but a very smart and and uh, in, in my personal opinion, it's it's somebody with the reach that Intel has needed to do that. Um, so companies can actually focus more on the application layer. Um, and just get on with it and create some awesome stuff. Now, for many QSRs, uh, drive-through technology might not be uh, totally new, but where the uh, gaps may arise is in thoughtful integration of the technology. And then, of course, there are also QSRs that just don't have uh, this level of robust technology to support their drive-through operations. So for those two camps, for folks that are revamping any of their integrations to be more proactive and thoughtful, or for QSR operations that are integrating this kind of tech for the first time, how can they begin to think about both the business and the technical considerations for 
implementing AI and analytics into the drive-through? You know, what exactly do they need to consider about their operations? Um, and uh, how do they need to strategize around integrating this into any broader systems? So two, two things. One, for the let's talk about the first camp, which is you know uh, folks that already have some form of drive-through. And as we introduce new technologies, new capabilities, or you know they see enough business drivers to invest into new technology, it's very important to keep in mind kind of that compatibility, making and ensuring that the legacy systems work with some of the newer capabilities. I'll pick uh, voice AI as an example. Being able to, you know, for their consumers to come in into the drive-through and have a conversation with uh, a voice agent as opposed to an, uh, a, a real agent, I think is a, probably a transformation that we can expect to see. Uh, and in this particular case, you know, the drive-through already exists. There is a menu board that already sits at the uh, and on one side, and then there is um, a, a live agent on the other side. Now, as you bring this technology, couple of factors that you keep in mind is that there's multiple interface points. There is that menu board, there is that agent, there is that point of sale terminal on the other side of the window, and then there is the kitchen display system. So there's multiple layers through which that order processing or the order taking uh, steps go through. And we need to keep in mind into perspective all of those different steps and any new technology that we need we bring on you know, it absolutely has to gel well with, you know, working with those legacy systems along with some of the newer capabilities you're building in. And there is enough innovation that has happened from a system integration standpoint that, you know, uh, provided that the right software mechanisms are put in place in kind of open architectures, open APIs, uh, it gives you that flexibility. That I think is the first layer. The second layer that you talked about is you know some of these brand new um, you know a chain that never had a drive through installing it i think this is where you can be creative this is where you can be you know hey how do i get from you know driving that velocity that capacity perspective that uh, luke talked about and this is again a way of implementing some relatively brand new technology but i think here it's very important to think about modularity right you know how can i you know implement something in a chain here in the united states or even within the united states northern part of united states versus western you know how do i make sure that i take into consideration there could be any local differences or regional differences so how do i build modularity into it that way you know, two years from now, as I think about scaling this investment, uh, me being able to add a new experience, um, the baseline infrastructure should be sound enough for me to be able to uh, justify my investment and thereby achieve a very high ROI. Yeah, so so it's really interesting. So we, we work with all the big brands, we work with smaller brands, and, you know, they're, they're all driven by very different things and, and, and not necessarily globally as well. So different markets for the same brands have very different different um, uh, drivers, I suppose. One of the things that I would say and the advice I would give you is understand your customer and what is important to them. Because a lot of the brands that we're seeing coming through, we ask that question and they they kind of have 
a vague idea about what it is that what you know what they're trying to implement is it in line with what the customers are saying to them so is it about accuracy and getting the orders right is it about speed is it about loyalty is it about personalization um is it you know going back to convenience my first advice would be do an exit study on your customers understand exactly what the pain points are where you can improve and what the customers expect of you before you start to roll out this this AI roadmap, because there's <laughs> there's a tension um, between the the business and 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 the customer um, and the business and also the franchisee as well. Like franchisee has a very different their boots on the ground. They have a very different view of what sometimes corporate think. Corporate um, are, are driven by very different things. So so the most important thing is empathise with the customer. If it's about getting their food faster, then you've got to look at your speed data. If it's about personalization, loyalty, that, that goodwill feel, then um, you know, using your opt optimizing your menu boards is is definitely the way to go. Um, but I think you know, Ravi's absolutely bang on. You can't, you've got to be modular about your approach. And you know, as much as you'd like to use the same vendor for for everything, there's not many out there that will be the best at all of these things. Although I do feel that there needs to be partnerships in the market, which work very very closely to create that ultimate drive through where all your pieces fit um, fit together. And I think that's starting to happen now. Uh, good conversations are happening there. So I think it's it's really you know you can start in all different directions, but you wouldn't be doing your customers any service if you're not listening to them and what they want. Um, so I, that's my bit of advice, Ravi. Can't agree more. I mean, it all starts with what the consumer wants, and then uh, work backwards from there. Now let's talk about the impact of an AI-enabled drive-through on customers specifically, because when customers have a positive experience with the drive-through operation, that's one of the best surefire ways to get return customers, obviously. So in many other industries like retail and hospitality, this sort of personalized technology has amplified the overall experience for the customer and has often led to better brand association and loyalty. So have you seen this tech increase customer personalization and therefore customer loyalty in the QSR sector? Yes, no, why or why not? Yeah, uh, it's an interesting one. I think a lot of the brands uh, and certainly a lot of the, the technology companies are, are keeping um, keeping uh, success uh, close to their chest. I think, um, you know, there's certainly uh, in terms of personalization and certainly menu boards, there is obviously widespread um, deployment of of this, so I'm guessing that there are the results that 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 are, are being seen, um, and and which is a, a great thing. I think that and these brands will have done their 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 analysis on their customer and the experience from the customer side of things. I think you just you know anything that improves the customer experience is 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 awesome, you know, and uh, but you, you, I just don't think you can be too cute with it. I think you've got to have a a reason to do it. Um, and that reason needs to be measured all the way through. Um, and, 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 you know, for, for that reason, you know, doing personalized or, or upselling in the drive-through, like upselling in the drive-through uh, 
inherently slows things down, right? So it's it's creating decision making when a lot of people will turn up there and actually just just know exactly what they want. Throwing upsell in there at the wrong time is um, is going to slow velocity down. But if you can if you can upsell subtly at the right time, you know maybe turning a snacker into a full meal between lunch and dinner. You know, these are the sort of uh, these are the sort of nuances which I think AI can really have a positive impact on on the customer. If the customer gets an upsell and gets a slower experience, no, I'm a human, right? So that that ain't going to make make me happy. Um, but if I can um, get all of the above and I can be personalised or offered something that's certainly what I would normally buy, um, and I can get through quickly. Then I'm I'm certainly happy. That's a great experience. Um, subtlety is I, I think subtlety is is everything. Like I, I I I kind of feel like you know throwing someone's name at uh, at the at the menu board as they as they arrive is um, for me is uh, probably a little bit full on. And if you get it wrong, <laughs> which which I've seen very much cases of this, it's a really bad experience for for um for the customer and and um, the and the brand can look really bad. But if you can use data or understand who that customer is through, say, say LPR or, or maybe a, um, you know, maybe a geolocational um, um, trigger, you know, you don't have to be all out saying, hey, I know who you are. But what if you could actually tell that to the operator at the window so you don't park that customer or you park the customers in front to get that customer through? So, you know, the, the, these are the sort of things. Subtlety with AI, I think, is the best approach, and also empowering your staff with with AI. So suggestive actions instead of let, let's look at, at AI from a customer perspective, from AI from an operator's perspective. And I think, in my personal opinion, AI from an operator's perspective is way more powerful because you still get that personal touch too, right? So, and that's everything. So that's my that's my personal opinion on that, um, and it's definitely something in that um, subtlety. Luke, you touched really good uh, points here. I, I think I want to emphasize the the operational efficiencies that you can get with AI. While it is not customer centric or cent- uh, customer focused, you know, giving the staff giving the operator the additional time that you know they can better serve the customers you know smile more at their uh, customers going through the drive through and not worrying about all these 100 different things that are happening and let the ai take care of it right i mean let some of these analytics and put them to work and they're doing those mundane tasks while you focus on the service part of it right i think that's indirectly translating that benefit into um, the customer, but I think even going back to the customer, right? You like you said, Luke. You know, if a customer were to interface with technology for them to get their order accurate, correct, and all of that, then I think that experience is already broken. So that, in a subtle way, you know, being able to, from the point that they pull into the drive-through, being able to predict what they will be ordering, or in, you know, based on previous order history or you know like patterns like you know every thursday if this um, you know customer orders a certain favorite meal or a package or a, some kind of a combination you know being able to suggest that menu hey do you want to repeat that order or things like that 
you know, I think those go a very long way. And, you know, and, and then I think in all of this, operators, solution providers, everybody also have to keep in mind that, you know, the business rules of how you apply AI into it uh, cannot be exorbitant uh, to the point where it becomes creepy, right? Uh, there is definitely that other um, end of the spectrum kind of an experience. So you have to make sure that the opt-ins have happened. You have to make sure that the customers feel that their privacy is not being compromised and still deliver a very superior experience that helps them to get, you know, in and out of the drive-through with their, uh, you know, favorite order that they would order and 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 let them through. I think that's a perfect experience, and that's where technology like AI can play a big role. But like Luke said, and emphasize, and I want to emphasize, it has to be subtle. It cannot be overt. Yeah, here, here, Ravi, totally agree. I want to draw another quick connection that I think is um, incredibly telling of the great potential that this technology has in the QSR space. And that's mainly because of some of the work that y'all are doing on this technology. So in case our listening audience isn't aware, Intel and Fingermark are partnering to develop solutions and technology to address all of these main pain points for the drive-through can you both explain a bit about what the other party is bringing to the partnership and uh, what work are you doing to make sure the innovations you develop actually reflect the needs of uh, the QSR industry? Sure. So um, I think let's start with the second question there and around, you know, how do we know our, our technology is, um, is you know, um, it's focused in on the on the needs of the industry. Well, you know, we've we've been doing this for for fifteen years. We've been doing QSR technology. We've been in the QSR space for thirteen years. You know, a lot of experience, a lot of listening, um, and a lot of partnerships. And and we're very fortunate to have global partnerships uh, with some of the largest brands who have some fantastic, phenomenal uh, industry experience. And and you can't develop a technology on that and and i'd like to add it's also the relationships of the franchisees the ones that own the stores um that you know they are as important as our as our corporate um uh, our corporate relationships but as a backbone as well is the industry knowledge from the, the technology players like intel that 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 give us those insights that make those connections um you know to to the benefit of everybody so you know that that is you know there's there's no um, there's no sort of right or wrong um, uh, you know answer to to, to the, the second part here but what I would say is um, as long as you've got the customer at the center of, of of your technology you know you you I, I don't think you can go wrong um, but you've got to listen right so you've got to you've got to listen and you've got to learn um, but you've also got to push the boat out and you you know you're, you're playing a part here you're the technology company so you've got to take the risk as well um, and go down a few rabbit holes to get the right result. If you're not brave, you're not pushing the boundaries and turning the dial, especially in times like this. So Fingermark is very much a technology-focused company. Like we, we, we are very much technology first and how can we make a significant difference to our customers? Traditionally, it's really around the operations. A lot of our technology is customer-facing, but really we're doing it um, it needs to be to provide the benefit to our our customers, which are sort of shift managers. Really, is is what our customer is. It's helping them perform better. So, in terms of our 
IQ product. We, you know, we spent four years developing uh, this technology, understanding the power of machine vision, but also the complexity of it. Understanding the complexity of the drive-through, like the drive-through, as I said before, is the most complicated piece of road in the world. There's so many variables there. And it wasn't until we kind of got to about 50 stores of rolling out IQ that we actually realized that this is just the most variable piece of road in the world. So this, the AI component needed so much business logic to be able to perform at a high level of accuracy and to be able to understand and learn its environment, knowing it's different from the last place we installed it. And also human behavioral patterns are not the same from one store to the other as well. So I suppose what we, we did, we worked with Intel on being able to optimize and develop our, our technology and leveraging OpenVINO platforms and, and also their, their, uh, their core hardware um, platforms to be able to drive our cost and, and we're still doing so today. Um, but also to to speed us up in, in terms of the, the the way we develop our product, so we can focus more on the feature set um, of of um, which drives into the into the hands of the, the 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 operators, than actually worrying too much about the platform, the lower level platform, which is um, you know. So it's they're giving us this, so Intel is just giving us a springboard to move faster on that application level. And, and, and we have, and we've had great success in the last 18 months with our product. And, and it's just, you know, COVID has just increased everything um, to it. It's the most advanced analytics platform for drive-through and, and op curbside in, in, in the world. So um, without Intel, it, it, it really would have gone a lot slower. There's no doubt about it. The support's been amazing. So hope that sort of kind of gives you a little bit of an um, insight into how, how we work. Ravi? Thanks for those kind words, Luke. Uh, you know, definitely makes us um, uh, makes us very, very uh, you know um, confident that we can continue to support this uh, industry with many different ingredients that Intel works on, all the way from the simplest of the sensors to the complex of the you know servers and those kind of products. You know, it it, it it's those are not uh, good enough uh, by themselves they have to be applied towards a business problem, which is what partners like Fingermark uh, understand, talking with these clients and bring those to the limelight and say, you know, hey, this is a problem that I'm trying to address. And then working backwards from there, trying to map all these ingredients and ensuring that Fingermark and their solutions are optimized to run best on our Intel architecture, I think is definitely the give and take relationship that exists. And, you know, Intel being an ingredient provider here, we absolutely look for our partners to add their value on top of it and take that into the market. So, you know, that's kind of the, to address that second question, but I think more importantly, you know, the, the primary question about, you know, how is Intel helping with some of these uh, clients that have these business problems. Again, it starts with understanding their consumer, their business pain points, their business drivers, and mapping that back to technology. I mean, in some cases, I have to be open and transparent. It might not be a fit for an internal technology per se. That's where we have a very strong ecosystem which we can rely on, and then we can bring the right players in. End of the day, you know, there is so many opportunities within the restaurant industry you know as the pie grows 
I think everybody's uh, opportunity within that big pie uh, increases. And that's kind of our uh, ultimate goal here is to increase that pie as, as big as possible so that there is, there is enough opportunity for everybody in there. All right, Ravi, Luke, I believe that wraps up our conversation for the day. I appreciate both of you joining us and giving us your insights, how it's being maximized by QSRs and how AI and analytics-led technology solutions are doing a lot of that heavy lifting. So again, we've been chatting with Ravi Sariganidi, Global Restaurant Lead for Intel's Internet of Things Group, as well as Luke Irving, founder and CEO of Fingermark. Thank you both so much for joining us. And Ravi, uh, if folks want to find out a little bit more about some of the work that Intel is doing in this space, how can they get in touch or learn more? Yeah, I mean, uh, we have Intel sales representatives um, in all parts of the world. Please reach out to your nearest Intel sales rep or in cases where you're not sure as to how to go, um, my first name, dot last name at intel.com. Drop me a note and I'll be happy to put you in the right right hands in terms of enabling you and supporting you. And Luke, same question to you. If folks want to get in touch and learn more about some of the work you're doing at Fingermark, how can they do so? Yeah, absolutely. So um, send us us an email to sales at uh, fingermark.tech. uh, and uh, and that email um, will be picked up by uh, by my sales team and, and myself as well. So um, by uh, and just just make sure you you um, you quote uh, the podcast in that email. Fantastic, Ravi, Luke. Thanks again for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Luke. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Ravi. And thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of The Edge and Beyond. Again, this has been a podcast from Intel's Internet of Things Vertical, and we hope that you enjoyed another episode of The Edge and Beyond, the series that makes sense of use cases across industries through Intel's IoT group. Thanks again. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you next time.